fucking hell. Parties and raves had never been my forte. Friends had to always drag me down to these goddamn shitty joints. I never wanted to go, yet somehow I ended up there. Surrounded by naked chicks and sometimes guys and maybe other kinds of people and creatures. Noah and Jake, my degenerate two best friends, called me and told me about this rave. They had three invitations to what they said to be a very sought after party. They even told me that the number of invites was pretty low, only 99. Of course, these shitheads didn't get any invitation. They managed to win them at a game of eight ball in a so-called bar. It was a hell of a dump, but a win is a win. They would have been a thousand dollars short if they had lost their game. Word on the street had it that with one day remaining until the rave, the price for one of these would go north of two and a half thousand dollars. So we had seven and a half grand worth of party. Fucking crazy. But like the degenerates I already said we were, the prospect of going became more enticing. The mystery that surrounded the party was unreal and out of this world. People in select circles talked about it like it was some sort of Illuminati gathering. I really didn't want to go, but my two dickwad friends insisted on going so much that they probably came in their pants when I said yes. Fine, you two are like two stupid geriatric teenagers, you know that? I yelled at them. Where the hell is this shit? I don't know the location, my bruv, Noah said. How about I locate this fist across your face, you twat? I replied, angered. Hey man, what is wrong with you? Why are you so angry? Jake intervened. That grandpa guy from the bar told us we were gonna get a text message with the location. So you both gave your phone numbers and I assume your names to a guy whom you've never met? Fucking bloody brilliant, mate. Good fucking job. I've never met anyone who curses so much. You're unfucking real, my bruv. Noah replied. Up yours, I said, sticking my middle finger in his face. You got some weed though, right? I wanna get fried before going to sleep tonight. Why, of course, dear sir. Would you like me to stick it up yours? Or do you prefer to smoke it the regular way? Jake asked, taking a bow and handing me a big fat blunt. We all burst into laughter and as such, we started the party earlier. Booze and weed and weed and booze. Vodka, whiskey, wine. We made a mess of ourselves. Then, after nightfall, my friend's phones chimed at the same time. It was a message with the details of the party. Where the hell is this place again? Jake asked. At this point, I can't even tell if I have 10 or 12 fingers on each hand. Noah, you're fresher than us. Call a, what do you call it? When it comes and takes you from one place to another? A bolt? Noah asked. A bolt? Yes, that's it, you fucking genius. Let's call a bolt. Aye, bolt for Jake. The driver of the black car pulled over behind us said, Hop on in, guys. Let me take you to the party. You're the 10th order I got today. How did that guy arrive so fast? We were so stoned. Dude, where the hell did you come from so fast? Noah asked. From your worst nightmares. And you're going to die, boys. So buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride, the driver said. He didn't have a face, yet he looked at us. He didn't have a mouth, yet he spoke to us. He turned over 
and I saw that he wore a mask with a smile made of human blood, and his eyes were dripping. What the fuck is going on? What did you just say? Noah asked, his arms shaking like worms in a can. I said I sat parked behind that house, and your address popped on my screen, the driver replied. He couldn't have been older than 25 years old or so. Very polite, too. The weed must have given us a bad trip. Everything spun as the car's silent engine purred like a fat cat near a fireplace. Millions of stars filled the sky outside, and I rolled the window down and tried to grab them. Hey, the monster outside likes to eat human arms, so put them back inside, the driver exclaimed. What? I said, don't do that, it's dangerous, the driver replied calmly. This has to be an effect of the weed, I thought to myself. He dropped us off somewhere outside town in a shitty field. It seemed like another world. A small, abandoned metal building stood before us. Muffled music came from within, but we couldn't determine exactly where the party was. Two big men came outside. They had guns and black rags covered their faces. You here for party? Give invitation. One of them said with a solid Eastern European accent. Also, show text message on phones. We did just that. Where's the party though? I asked. Inside, under earth. You go down, and when you see red door, you knock. Blonde girl answer and gives you blood cocktail. You drink or die. Okay, go. The other dude said. But... Jake tried to say something. Go, or I shoot you. They both said in unison. I wished these were hallucinations. We went inside and descended a set of small stairs. This fucking shit was all wrong. We shouldn't have gone to that place. After a few minutes, we walked down the stairs and saw the red door. Noah knocked three times. The blonde girl the bodyguard spoke about answered the door. She flashed a welcoming smile with mesmerizing green eyes and red lipstick, and then handed us the cocktails. We played along and downed them in an instant. Inside, people danced frantically to the beats of bewildering goth industrial music. They looked like they were in some kind of trance, not caring about anything or anyone. The room spun in circles with me, and I felt dizzier with each passing second. The cocktail must have been more potent than my will to turn back and go home. People with face paint stared at me. Some of them had shiny teeth, some had a red liquid dripping slowly in small rivers. Someone licked my neck and a tingling sensation went down my spine. Dude, where the fuck's Jake? Noah asked. Fuck if I know. Maybe he hooked up with a girl or something. I replied, inebriated. My mind raced and my heart went up in my throat. The music was intoxicating too. The smoky room had a magic touch, but I also felt things were tense and wrong. Maybe paranoia had gotten the best of me at that moment, but I swear I saw a man showing me his freshly polished canine teeth. All right, people and other creatures. So who's ready to put the rave in the graveyard? The DJ asked loudly. The room went berserk. The beasts screamed, and many jumped onto the living and fed off their necks. What the fuck? No scream. When I turned around, one of those fucking things with pointy ears sucked the blood from his neck. Noah died little by little and gasped for air. He looked at me to help him, but I stood frozen. Finally, when the thing finished feeding, it broke his neck 
and threw him against a wall. I screamed when his lifeless eyes looked at me in shock and disbelief. The room spun ever so fast, and nothing made any sense. One of my friends lay dead on the dance floor, and the other one had vanished without a trace. From the ceiling, sprinklers showered everyone in blood. The victims and the perpetrators swayed to different types of dances. The living fell into the clutches of the monsters. The beasts hissed and sucked until humans turned into nothing but raisins. Some of them were as frail and thin as leaves. In front of me, Jake appeared. His head hung low and twitched. He tried to speak to me. Man, this is the best shit ever. Let's get fucking high on these peasants, he exclaimed, raising his head to look at me. Madness filled his bloodshot eyes. He was not Jake anymore. The beast in front of me had fangs. Coagulated dark red blood adorned Jake's face, and he seemed hungry. Dude, Jake, you don't have to do this, man. Think about it, and take a good fucking look at Noah. Look what they turned him into. A pile of dead meat and broken bones. It's a fucking bloodbath in here, mate. I replied. Fuck you and fuck Noah, you fucking thieves. Don't you think I know you stole from me countless times? Jake said and lunged at me. I ducked and ran as fast as I could. The DJ pumped the music louder. The bass made the room tremble and blood droplets danced on the floor. Everyone and everything partied, the living and the dead, the traces of humanity and inanimate objects too. For some, it was a celebration, a feast if you'd like, but others embraced death. Throughout all the frenzy, pain, death, I found another door in the back of the room. Jake found another man and fed on him. Oh, I'll get you too, you fucking bastard, he said, staring at me. I ran through a door and found myself in a long tunnel. The music lost its volume, bass, and its intensity. The party of the damned was in full swing, but I couldn't stay any longer. Noah's facial expression stood with me the whole way. I managed to reach the end of the tunnel, and I heard the beast screaming ravenously behind me. I found myself outside now, in the middle of nowhere. Yet, I heard cars passing by somewhere in the distance. A road must have been close to me. Maybe a kind soul would take me to town so I could hide in a church, something like that. Desperation clawed its way inside my soul, and all that was rational and logical vanished in the blink of an eye. A car almost ran me over before hitting the brakes. I got in the car and begged the driver to take me somewhere safe. I told him someone tried to kill me. The driver turned around. It was fucking Jake. I tried jumping out of the car, but to no avail. I repeat, no one is trying to kill you, man. You just had a bad weed experience. How about you sleep, and I'll take you home safe and sound? Jake asked, grinning. I felt my eyelids getting heavy. It was as if he had hypnotized me into doing what he asked me. Please, don't hurt me, man. This is not you, I said. Sure thing, dude. Go to sleep. You'll be home in no time. You just had a bad night is all. Good night, sweet dreams. See you on the other side. My friends and I have always been the type of people to sneak into places at night and do stupid stuff. We got drunk in cemeteries, climbed atop buildings we weren't allowed to, things like that. But even a crazy bunch like us wanted to chill sometimes. So when that happened, we met at night and went for hikes in the woods. 
I have always been fond of the night and the silence it brought. It made me hear my own thoughts better and reflect on what I could do in this life. I knew the things I did were not something to brag about or be proud of, but it was just fun. So I didn't take it seriously. After doing some stupid stuff on the side of a road that involved blowing stuff up and lighting the night sky, we decided to take a walk back home through the woods just to clear our heads a bit. It shouldn't have been anything spectacular. It should have been a regular walk where we laughed and joked about the before-mentioned stupid stuff. Instead, the beating wind made the leaves rumble and sing their song in the night. The crickets responded with their own tune. All of it brought a wave of tremendous peace to my otherwise weary and agitated heart. It made me feel like I was living in a world where I didn't have to worry about anything. It brought me joy, calmness, a sense of belonging, and safety. We all knew the road back home like the palm of our hand, but when the building appeared in front of us, the certainty of things being wrong and maybe even unnatural hit us all in the back of our heads like a steel hammer. Despite all my efforts to understand what was going on at that precise moment in time, the impossibility of getting a grip on how the events would later unfold was beyond me. The nocturnal tranquility would soon be reverted to primordial chaos. Nevertheless, the crooked building had an eerie feeling. It felt disgustingly evil and rotten to the core. It was something that hell had vomited to our world after it had gotten sick, feeding on disease and sin. That was the only thing that felt wrong about it. I felt a call to go in. It beckoned me to explore it, to go inside and touch its sickly walls and see what death was made of. This felt like a sanctuary where whatever beast lived inside called us to come forth, to let it feed on our blood, innocence, spirit, and will. It breathed life in that abysmal building that needed food to sustain it. Black paint adorned every nook and cranny of the building. It looked alive and fresh. The spires stood like ancient guardians looking to eradicate every threat they might encounter. It looked like some kind of twisted church, like the reverse of a regular holy church. It looked filthy, dark, vicious, diabolical, and gruesome. The building only had a set of windows and no doors. Its unnatural shape made me feel weird when I touched one of the walls. The moment I did that, a black substance, gooey and sticky, bled off from the walls. It was like a dormant giant had just begun crying tears of black blood. From its four spires, swarms of bats came out and flew away into the darkness of the night. A tremendous metallic hum followed, almost rendering me deaf. All four of us looked at each other with faces as white as sheets. The black goo that infected the entirety of the building's surface became aware in a way. First, I felt like it looked inside my mind, trying to lure me inside. Then to my left, the substance retracted in a perfect rectangular shape and revealed a large metallic door. It opened slowly and a putrescent vile smell crawled up the nostrils and descended into my lungs. Lee puked his guts out. What the hell is this thing? He asked. He gently rubbed the corners of his mouth with shaking hands. I have a bad feeling about this. 
Do you guys feel it too? Asked Amanda. I nodded and Lucas sighed. Let's leave it and go home. I half mouthed. I know this would probably suck, but I want to see what's inside. This thing appeared out of nowhere and it is making me curious to see what it is all about, said Lucas. We're experts at this type of thing, right? We went in and now stood before an altar. Whoever resided here had placed an offering on the stone surface. Dim light scattered throughout the room, but we could see everything inside. From left to right, I saw half a human arm with the bone sticking out, a human heart, and an incense that emitted white smoke. We wanted to go back, but the black goo had swallowed the door. The building gave us bait, and we took it like champions. We glanced at each other, and the image plastered on our eyes reflected the same thing. The thought that this would be our final resting place, our tomb where no one would ever find us, shook us to the core. A creaking noise came from another room of the building. I trembled and looked behind me. We all did. The goo looked at us with eyes that weren't there. Then, lo and behold, another door appeared. It opened itself again, and we passed through. Amanda screamed. Lucas puked again. Lee's tears flowed like small rivers to an unknown destination. And I, I knew that whatever beast, whatever monster lived inside, be it human or not, would kill us all. Goosebumps prickled the skin on my arms and a cold shiver tried to tear apart my spine. The gruesome picture before us all made us question our sanity. Shivering, we looked at dead people nailed to the walls. Some had huge nails driven through the center of their foreheads. Others had them in their eyes, chests, hands, or feet. Whatever did this had also torn open their rib cages, mocking them and making them look like grotesque butterflies of death and blood. Who are you? A voice from the darkness asked, raspy and demanding, evil beyond comprehension, but tired still. It hated seeing humans before its eyes, especially live ones. The beast loved to mock the human race too. Otherwise, I couldn't explain the grotesque tableau that adorned the walls of its house of death. It loved to look at people suffering and dying. It rejoiced in blood and death, and death was the only thing it served. I heard a chain rattling. I asked who you are, and the most important thing is, what are you doing in my house? The voice said again. The beast or man didn't want to reveal itself just yet. We are lost, mister. It's just a group of friends who got lost is all, Amanda said with a quivering voice. The chain rattled one more time. Do you like what you see? I made this work of art myself. It took me some time to finish, but I've done it. I call it where life and hunger meet. And the result is what you see. It said again from the shadows. Lee stepped in. I loved it, man. It's really something to look at, you know? It speaks volumes. Suffice it to say, this will be forever embedded in the back of my mind, he said. Of course, it was disgusting, but Lee knew how to act like a strategist. In every challenging situation we had found ourselves in, Lee morphed the environment and twisted the emotions 
so that he managed to get us out and have it our way. The chain suddenly struck him in the chest. He coughed blood. We all screamed. A sharp metal arrowhead that ended the chain blasted his heart. He dropped to his knees and gave his final breath after saying, at least I tried. Now, do we have any more liars in the house? He said as he slowly dragged Lee's body into the shadows. I heard bones snap and the beast started tearing Lee's flesh open. It fed off it, gulping the blood and chewing the skin and flesh. Amanda had watery eyes and she trembled at the sounds. We all did. No, we don't. You have us trapped here, so you might as well kill the rest of us and be done with it, Lucas said. It's not that easy, my friend, the beast said, but the voice came from a different part of the room now. What if I tell you I can make you live forever? What would you say about that? A grave-like silence fell onto the room. No, Amanda said. I wasn't asking, the voice said. From the shadows, it finally emerged. Wearing a black robe, the monster had deathly white skin. Its dead black eyes screamed bloody murder. Its arms hung limp, and he held Lee's intestines in his hands. He dropped them on the floor in front of us. Instead of a nose, he had two small holes, and behind his smile on those diseased purple lips, sharp teeth shone in the dark. In a millisecond, the beast teleported in front of Amanda, grabbed her by the neck, and looked at me. I sense you have something to say, young man. Something that you really mean. You have something in your heart you want to let out? He asked me while turning his head. Call me Aurea. Yes, I do have something to say. I will stay with you and be your disciple if you let my friends go. Let them go home safe and sound and I'll stay. You won't have any use for us if we're dead, will you? Well, except for feeding purposes. I said as I felt my heart drumming inside my chest. Johnny, no! Lucas screamed. Amanda whimpered as the beast licked the falling tears off her cheeks with a disgusting long purple tongue that looked like an alien worm. Are you sure about that, young man? There are things that no man has ever seen. And there are secrets and forbidden knowledge that will play with your mind indescribably, the beast said, interest burning in his big black eyes. Yes, I am, I replied boldly. Brave and honest. I think we'll get along just fine. You two, leave now before I change my mind, he yelled with his raspy voice, pointing to a wall where a door had appeared. He then came behind me and bit my neck. While healthy blood left my body, something else replaced it, something cursed and evil. It made me sick, and it made me go insane. It made me feel a pang of insatiable hunger. It made me do things that I don't remember doing. There is something else inside me at times, taking control over my whole body and spirit. The mind is poisoned with the worms of death. It hurts. The screams inside my head hurt me, and the greedy voices always want more. They want more blood, more guts, more death, and this is something I can never stop. The red I see before my eyes 
is forever. <laughs>